right. Well, here we are. Episode one of the Will Wonder Pod. <laughs> uh, first off, shout out to Michael Martinez, formerly known as Steady Rock, uh, for that intro beat. What I want to do to start out is just kind of give you an idea of who I am, where I come from, why I want to do a podcast in the first place, uh, and then we'll go from there. So sit back. Um, you know, if it's 5 a.m. and you're driving to work, if it's noon and you're trying to get away from work, or if you're hearing my voice uh, as you go to bed, it's a little weird, but it's cool too. So thank you uh, once again for tuning in. So a little bit of background on myself. I was born 35 years ago, today actually, <laughs> December 30th, uh, raised uh, for the most part in a small town of Magna, Utah, just uh, inside Salt Lake City. Uh, my mom and dad named me Douglas, all right? But uh, so, so why the Will Wonder Pod? Well, uh, I'll get there. Um, let me just peel back the curtain just a little bit. So like any young boy growing up in the late 80s, early 90s, I loved all the normal stuff, your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, your Power Rangers, um, WWF wrestling, which, small side note, I still love wrestling. My wife hates the fact that I still love wrestling. So at some point throughout this podcast, we may have some wrestling talk. Not necessarily this first episode, but as the life of the podcast, uh, you'll definitely hear some wrestling talk from myself and some special guests. Anyways, um, at a young age, I also fell in love with basketball. Growing up, my favorite team was the Orlando Magic, uh, and unfortunately, it still is. <laughs> uh, if you know anything about the NBA, or if you yourself are an Orlando Magic fan, you know why I say unfortunately. It's, it's been a rough fandom for sure. Um, also, though, at, at a young age, I fell in love with hip-hop. Now you may say, all right, white kid, small town, early 90s, uh, are we talking about Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer? Well, shit, sure, that was played, okay? Why wouldn't it be? But I was actually lucky enough to have an older brother, uh, 10 years older than me, um, who really introduced me to some real great music. So. Um, at the time, I was hearing Public Enemy's Fear of a Black Planet, Dr. Dre's The Chronic, uh, which just so happened to, you know, I heard them back in the early 90s. They are still in my top five album, uh, albums of all time. So that love for hip-hop and the music itself made me want to be a part of the culture so goddamn bad. Um, but here's the thing. I couldn't rap. My dancing skills were pretty subpar uh, on the b-boy side of things. but to be honest, slightly above average for your white guy. Uh, my drawing skills were actually pretty good on paper, but that didn't really translate into any type of graffiti. Uh, so at the age of 16, I said, you know what? I'm going to try DJing. Uh, and I love guys like DJ Jazzy Jeff, DJ Green Lantern, um, DJ Clue, and his mixtapes. So at one point, my mom, uh, right around the age of 16 for Christmas, my mom had bought me a Gemini mixer and two belt-driven turntables. Uh, I started buying vinyls, and from there on, I was hooked. Uh, and I actually turned out to be pretty good at this, doing a lot of, of parties around town, parties at the high school, dances, different things like that. Um, but I, I needed a name. And if you know anything about the hip-hop culture, you really shouldn't give yourself a name. So for the longest time, I was just DJ Doug. Uh, one of my friends, one of my good friends, uh, Wicho, uh, Luis Castro said, you know, you should be DJ Will Wonder. And I was like, man, where, where did you get that from? 
uh, with, he said, you know, your middle name is William and you do wonderful things on the turntables. And I just was like, damn, that's pretty good. Um, and I'm not going to lie to this day, minus asking his wife to marry him. That's the best idea Weecho has ever had. So from that point on, um, I was known as DJ Will Wonder, William Wonder, shortened it up to Will. <laughs> um, but man, over hundreds of mixtapes, countless house parties. And, and going back to that, when I say mixtapes, yes, I mean tapes. I recorded them onto my computer, would burn them the CD. This is well before SoundCloud and, and other platforms like that. Um, I was even in a hip hop group with my good buddy, Mike Martinez, uh, the one who produced the, the intro music there. We were called the strangers. So if you were at a rap concert in Salt Lake city between 2008 to 2011, there was a great chance that you would saw us. We opened up for acts like Nas, the game, a young Nipsey hustle, uh, bone thugs and harmony guru from Gangstar, uh, rest in peace to guru. Twista, Dilated Peoples, the list really just goes on forever. We loved doing that. Uh, it had a great run, which included us putting out a mixtape and an album uh, entitled Hood, Honoring Our Own Destiny, that now can only be found on Dat Piff, or if you were lucky enough to get one of those 800 copies, uh, you can listen to that CD as well. Uh, after we stopped making music together, I just started DJing my ass off, to be honest. Uh, I had a residency at a local club slash bar here uh, in Utah called Hookah Bar. Um, rest in peace to the Hookah Bar. A lot of great times there. I had that residency every Friday night, ladies night for two years straight. Um, also, I've DJed countless weddings, corporate events, even had a brief, um, and I do mean very brief stint with, the, uh, with U92, which is the local radio station here in Utah. Um, so let's fast forward to now. Uh, beyond being a hoops fan, sports fan, uh, altogether, music lover. Uh, more importantly, I'm a husband to an amazing woman. We've been married for four years now, and uh, I can honestly say that she is the best thing that has ever happened to me. Um, also, I'm a father <laughs> to a crazy, smart, handsome, full of energy, almost three-year-old who could probably name more dinosaurs than 90% of adults. Uh, so trust uh, that there will be some dad slash husband talk on this podcast as well. All right. So that's the background on me. Why did I want to do a, pod a podcast? Um, honestly, I love them. I've, I've been listening to podcasts for probably the last six years. Um, and just like with me becoming a DJ, wanting to be a part of the hip hop culture, I really wanted to be a part of this podcast culture. And to add to that, I really want to be able to help people share their stories. I feel uh, within the last couple of years, I've really had the opportunity to meet and get to know some really amazing people that are doing really cool things. So at least once a month, I'm going to have a guest on this podcast and kind of discuss their background story, what they're doing now, and what they're passionate about. Okay, so there you go. A little bit about me a little bit about why I want to do a podcast, what this podcast will be about. Look at that. You made it through the intro. I'm proud of you. And no, I'm not talking to you, the listener. I'm talking to myself in the mirror, uh, very similar to what Issa Rae would do on Insecure. If you haven't seen that show, you definitely need to watch it. Anyway, let's move on. Coming up, I'm going to break down my top 10 albums of 2020. But first, we're going to hear from a friend of the podcast, Dre Rocca. Yer. Hope you're having the day you deserve. Dre Rocket here. And if you're looking for a podcast 
to occupy your time. Maybe you're behind the keyboard and you're like, man, I just need something to get through my day. Head on over to allrock.com. That's A-L-L-R-A-W-K.com. And check out the Unrestricted Podcast along with the ISO 20 Podcast. Just podcast to get you through your quarantine. Maybe you're isolated if you got that COVID. Again, Dre Rocker, check me out. Now back to the show. All right. Shout out to Dre Rocker for doing that for me. Um, we're going to hear from him once more um, during this episode. You may be asking yourself, now, why is there a commercial for a podcast while I'm listening to a podcast? Well, until we get some goddamn sponsors around here, um, you know, for example, Allstate or, you know, I don't know, T-Ville Nutrition, whatever it may be, uh, I'm going to show love to those who have supported me in the past and who have a platform of their own. So Dre Rock and I have been friends for quite some time. He's a very hardworking dude, recently started uh, with U92 here in Salt Lake City. Also has his two podcasts, so check them out. All right, let's uh, move along now. My top 10 albums of 2020. So before I get into those specific albums, let me do this. Uh, There's going to be a couple of honorable mentions, because at the end of the day, I only have room for 10 spots, and there was a lot of great music that was put out this year, uh, even though the year was, um, well, kind of shitty for most. All right, honorable mentions. Uh, first off, uh, Freddie Gibbs and Alchemist with Alfredo, Mac Miller's Circles, which I truly loved, Jack Harlow, um, That's What They All Say, Jeezy's album, The Recession 2, uh, Blast, that's spelled B-L-X-S-T, No Love Lost. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you do. K-Camp's Kiss 5 album, um, Tame Paula's The Slow Rush, shout out to my mother-in-law, who is the self-proclaimed oldest Tame Paula fan. <laughs> uh, Childish Gambino's 31520, Bad Bunny's Alphabet album, or uh, as it's more popularly known as YHLQMDLG, great album there by Bad Bunny. Busta's ELE2, Big Sean's Detroit 2. Um, there's a guy named Katori Walker who put out a pretty great EP called Idols, so check that out. Uh, as well as my good buddy Gabino Grimes putting out his album Darvey Hint, uh, which was a long time coming, but is well worth the listen. So check him out uh, wherever you stream music. Once again, that's Gabino Grimes. All right, let's get into the top 10 albums. And so what I'm going to do here is give some background on the artist, background on the album. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to be playing any music from these albums because the last thing I'm trying to do is get my very first podcast taken down for copyright laws. And God forbid, I play some music for you on an album that made my top 10 albums. All right, so let's hop into it. Number 10. I'm just kidding. That was me. Uh, I asked producer Kurt to get me some sound effects, and he had failed. So um, if you know a good producer, I'm looking for one, because I think after this one, producer Kurt may be done. Anyways, number 10, J Electronica's A Written Testimony. So as crazy as it sounds, this is number 10. It's on my top 10 list, but I was let down, which really isn't selling the album, but let me explain. I've been waiting for a J Electronica album since the song Exhibit A and Exhibit C came out back in 2009. Similar to Dr. Dre's Detox, you would always hear rumblings online of the album coming, and then all of a sudden they would just disappear. But then uh, earlier this year in February, J Electronica tweeted that the album's done and that he recorded it over 40 days and 40 nights, starting from December 26th. Oh, and by the way, uh, Jay-Z would be featured on most of the album. So really, you don't have to do anything else to get me interested in this. 
Um, with all that, the album just slightly fell short of my very unreachable, unrealistic expectations for it, but still very good and um, that hits the 10 spot in my top 10. Uh, the album features production from Swizz Beats, Hit Boy, Alchemist, No ID, uh, among others. Some of my favorite tracks, if you're not <laughs> trying to listen to the entire album, would be The Blinding featuring Travis Scott, as well as Jay-Z, who's on, again, most of these songs. That was produced by Swizz Beats and Hitboy, uh, as well as uh, Arab Music, who I feel like I haven't heard from in a very long time. Uh, another song to check out on there is The Ghost of Soldier Slim. All right, moving forward. Number nine would be Royce to Five Nines, The Allegory. Now, as bad as this sounds, very rarely when an artist becomes sober from their vices, um, do they actually get better in rap. <laughs> Uh, but that is the case for Royce. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I always thought Royce was a very good rapper, a very good MC from his days in Slaughterhouse. Um, but since he became sober, he's become very incredibly sharp. Um, and that's been shown in the Prime albums that he's done with DJ Premier, as well as his last album, uh, The Book of Ryan. But to me, the allegory is Royce's best album so far. Uh, my favorite tracks off of this album are Overcomer featuring West Side Gun, Upside Down featuring, uh, featuring Ash Ashley. Wow, talk. It's, it's a word here, bud. It's a name. Ashley Sorrell and Benny the Butcher, as well as Tricked uh, featuring his former Slaughterhouse partner, King Crooked. And man, do I miss Slaughterhouse. Uh, anyway, let's move on to number eight. Number eight. Again, producer Kurt failed me, so I apologize. Uh, number eight is Conway the Machines from a King to a God. Um, all right, listen, the Griselda crew may have actually ran rap in 2020. Benny, uh, Westside Gun, and this man, Conway the Machine. Uh, this album features production from Alchemist, Premier, Eric Sermon, Havoc, Hit Boy, uh, as, as well as many others. Um, listen, if you're a fan of bars, you like to sprinkle in some of that drug talk, um, and you love hard beats, then this is 100% the album for you. Some of the favorite tracks off of this, uh, for myself are Lemon featuring Method Man, Front Lines, and the hit boy produced Fear of God featuring Dej Loaf. Okay, let's move on to number sevens. We're going to switch lanes just a little bit. My number seven album is from a UK, what they call Neo Soul Band named Salt. Uh, the album is called Untitled Black Is. Okay, so Salt uh, is a pretty interesting band because no one really knows who the hell is in the group. Their music is very experimental, uh, has hip-hop elements, R&B, funk, house, uh, all mixed in one. Uh, I stumbled across these guys' uh, album in the summer, and I probably listened to it 10 to 15 times in a row. The album is really relevant for the times we are in right now, uh, so I suggest just to listen to it. Um, very, very beautifully created album. Favorite tracks off of there are Stop Them, Wildfires, and Hard Life. All right, moving along. Number six uh, would be Run the Jewels, RTJ4. Now, now, the duo of Killer Mike and LP always put out quality work. This is probably my favorite album from them. The album came out during the summer when protests um, were at an all-time high after the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Aubrey. Um, and the album was honestly right on time. As, as sad as that sounds, it was needed for that moment. The album touches on systemic racism and poverty, uh, 
you know, dirty cops, among very other, uh, many other uh, very poignant topics. Some of my favorite tracks off of this album are Ooh La La with Greg Nice and DJ Premier, just featuring Pharrell and Rage Against the Machines' Zach De La Roca, uh, as well as Out of Sight, featuring a great, if not the best, 2 Chains verse. Uh, and it also had a very fun flip of the Foster Silver's uh, misdemeanor sample that was made famous by DOC's uh, 1989 song Funky Enough. Number five. I'm sorry, I'll, I'll stop doing that. Uh, number five is Eminem's Music to be Murdered by. So if I'm going to be honest here, I think Eminem probably is a top 10 MC of all time. But with that said, I haven't loved an Eminem album since, well, he stopped doing drugs. So totally the opposite of what his man Royce the Five Nine has done. Um, the last Eminem album I actually enjoyed the full thing was probably Encore, to be honest. Uh, there's been okay albums since, in my opinion. Even Kamikaze fell a bit short for me. But Music to be Murdered by was very, very good. Um, this album came out while I was in Mazatlan, Mexico, obviously pre-COVID. Um, so I listened to this album on the beach, sitting in a chair under a cabana in the sand with a margarita in my hand while my son was napping uh, in our room. And don't worry, um, as bad as that sounds, my mother-in-law was in the room with him reading a book. It's not like I just sat there with my wife under a cabana, you know, while my son was sleeping alone in a room in El Chapo's, you know, former stomping grounds. Anyways, back to the album. Um, Music to be Murdered by has uh, some really dope interludes featuring Alfred Hitchcock. Um, And I'm a huge horror film fan, so... You know, one of my favorite elements of horror films being mashed up with hip hop. It really was a, a can't miss for me on those interludes. Some of my favorite tracks off of the album are uh, Unaccommodating featuring Young M.A., You Gonna Learn featuring uh, Royce the Five Nine and White Gold, and Godzilla featuring Ju. Okay, moving on to number four. Um, this one was honestly a late entry, but I have not stopped listening to this album since it came out. And that is uh, Toby Inwigwe. And I probably killed that last name, but he pronounces it on his, on the album, and I just killed it. Um, the album is Cinco Originals. Man, uh, again, this album came out a few weeks ago. Toby um, is an MC from Houston, who I originally heard earlier this year on a song called Try Jesus from an a EP that he had put out. Um, check that out if you haven't. But this album, to me, is damn near flawless. Now, I know my boy Marcus Robinson um wouldn't agree with me due to Toby using a J. Cole verse, but listen, uh this album has honestly been on repeat, like I said, since December 13th. From the jump when you hear the flutes on the first track eat, um, to the end of the album where you get some life lessons from Amber's mama. Uh it's great. My favorite tracks are Eat, featuring actually Toby's wife who just goes by fat, so that's, you know, not the uh, most flattering name, but she's, she's pretty good with the bars. On that song, she boasts about, uh, about to be on a first-name basis with Beyonce, which actually hits pretty hard. Uh, some of my other favorite tracks are Wildlings, which features Earth Gang and Duckworth, Bozos, which features Big Crit, um, honestly, I love this whole album, every single track. So my favorite tracks are 1 through 14. 
my number three album of the year is from a living legend who, um, if you listened earlier in the pod, me and my, my buddy Mike Martinez had the chance to open for. Unfortunately, we didn't get to talk to him because he was in and out, but that is Nas and his album King's Disease, um, one of my top five MCs of all time. Nas put out his 12th album, King's Disease, in August, um, produced entirely by Hit Boy, which, side note, production-wise, Hit Boy probably has to be the MVP, most valuable producer, uh, of 2020. His work this year on this album and many more have just been unmatched. Um, But anyway, back to King's Disease. There's something about the way Nas raps. You listen to Nas and you can close your eyes um, and, and almost visualize what he is saying. It's, it's, his raps are like a movie, even from the most simplistic, goofy tracks to the very deep, meaningful tracks as well. And, you know, in all honesty, it's, it's no different with this album. Uh, my favorite tracks from King's Disease are Car 85 featuring Charlie Wilson, Replace Me with Big Sean, and Spicy featuring uh, Fivio Foreign and ASAP Ferg. All right, we're getting up there. We're getting close. Thank you guys for riding along with me. Uh, the number two album on my top 10 albums of 2020 is D Smoke's Black Habits. So I'll be honest here. I didn't watch um, the Netflix show Rhythm and Flow, and I hadn't heard D Smoke's EP from 2019. So this was my first time hearing him on Black Habits. Uh, I you know, wasn't familiar with him at all. This album was released February 6th, uh, and for most of the year, this was my number one album. D Smokes from Inglewood, California. Uh, his voice and rap style and cadence often draws comparisons to Kendrick Lamar, um, but he can flip rhymes in Spanish as well, which is pretty cool. Um, now, I'm not saying he is Kendrick Lamar by any means. Uh, he has a few more albums to release to gain that stature, but if Black Habits is his good kid, Mad City. I can't wait for what follows after this because this was a great album. Every song on here is solid, but if you're looking for some highlights, uh, I would suggest Bullies, Gasper Yenga, (laughs) featuring Snoop Dogg, and Top of the Morning. Okay, here we go. My number one album. So... As I said, D Smoke's Black Habits was my number one the entire year. That was until October 16th when Griselda member Benny the Butcher dropped his album Burden of Proof. The album is produced entirely by the MVP, most valuable producer of 2020, Hit Boy, um, and it is extremely good. Uh, Obviously, it's extremely good because it's my number one. Benny rhymes perfectly over the Hit Boy production with drug talk, motivational talk, and bars that remind me of what it would sound like if Prime Jim Jones was mixed with what Beanie Siegel would have sounded like if he had reached his full potential. Um, The favorite tracks off of Burden of Proof are Burden of Proof, the title track, Uh, Where Would I Go, featuring Rick Ross, uh, Famous, as well as One Way Flight, featuring Freddie Gibbs. All right, well, there you have it, my top 10. To recap, the number 10 album, Jay Electronica, A Written Testimony, number 9, Royce the Five Nines, The Allegory, 
Number eight, Conway the Machines, From a King to a God. Number seven, Salt's Untitled, Black Is. Six, Run the Jewels, RTJ4. Um, number five, Eminem, Music to be Murdered by. Number four, Toby and Wigway. Again, probably just butchered that. I'm sorry. Cinco Originals. Uh, Nas, King's Disease. D Smokes, Black Habits at number two. And the number one album, once again, Benny the Butcher's Burden of Proof. All right. We're going to have one more word from my good buddy Dre Rocca, and then I will be back with my NBA predictions for this season. If you're tired of DJ Will Wonder's voice, maybe you upset because he got a bald head, head on over to allrock.com, that's A-L-L-R-A-W-K, and check out the Isolation 20 podcast, and check out the Unrestricted podcast with me, Dre Rocca. Now back to the show. Wow. Okay, so after those shenanigans and the disrespect, that's probably the last time you'll hear uh, Dre Rocca on this podcast. But anyways, he got in his two commercials, so we are good. Uh, real quickly, I want to give some predictions for the NBA season. A lot of people were telling me, well, the season's already started. You can't give predictions now. And at the end of the day, it's my podcast. I can do whatever I'd like. I could wait till halfway through the season and give predictions which I probably will come back to this and adjust those predictions and see where I'm at. Um, but really what I want to do, I want to touch on the playoff teams or those teams that I think will make the playoffs this year in the East and the West, uh, give a breakdown of the awards quickly, and then also um, who I think will be in the conference finals and the finals and, and the champions. So let's hop right into it. Let's start in the East. Um, it's a little bit of a, a different season, shortened season. Obviously, we all know what's going on in the world with COVID. They uh, decreased the season to 72 games, um, but added playing games for the playoffs. So essentially, 10 teams make the playoffs this year in each conference. So let's go ahead and take a look at it like this. We'll start with the number 10 team, or who I think will be the number 10 team in the Eastern Conference with the Washington Wizards. So what did the Wizards do? They moved Wall for Westbrook, which is probably an upgrade there because John Wall has been injured the last nearly two years. Uh, Russell Westbrook is a walking double-double, sometimes triple-double, former MVP. One of my favorite players because he never gives up. He plays, uh, he, he's what a lot of people call a dog, where he's just always getting after it. Um, the question on this team is rookie uh, Denny Advia because minus Westbrook and Bradley Beal, the roster is extremely low on talent. Uh, moving on to number nine, I think the Hawks will take the number nine spot. They had a great offseason, but I just don't, I don't know. I, I, I just don't believe in them yet. So they added Bogdanovich, Gallinari, Rajon Rondo, and drafted Akungwe from USC. Um, you know, Trey Young will probably make a leap, a small leap this season. He can score, but I don't know. The supporting cast individually looks great, but I don't know how they're going to click together. Number eight, my Orlando Magic. Um, now, I know what a lot of you are saying. There's no way these, this team is making the playoffs. Now, number one, that's disrespectful, okay? Number two, they made it last year. Uh, and, I, and I think they fill that number eight spot again. So what did they do in the offseason? Well, first and foremost, and probably most importantly, they didn't draft a 7-foot, 210-pound power forward that's going to get injured a quarter of the way through the season. They actually drafted Cole Anthony from North Carolina, who's a great scorer and facilitator off the bench. Uh, Okiki comes back from his injury. 
where he didn't even play his whole rookie season. Uh, they also gave extensions to Markel Fultz, who has been playing extremely well, as well as Jonathan Isaac, who again is one of them almost seven foot, 210 pound forwards who has injured and won't be playing this year at all. All right, moving on before this becomes a why I get frustrated with the Orlando Magic podcast. Uh, number seven, uh, I think the Raptors will fill this spot. They re-signed Fred Van Fleet, who is a key, key role, um, key player in on the team and has great playoff success, has yet to be a real, you know, dependable regular season player. But when you get to the playoffs, it seems like he just turns it up a notch. Uh, they brought in Aaron Baines to replace Mark Gasol, who they lost to the Lakers. They also lost Serge Ibaka, which honestly I think is a pretty big hole for this team. Um, the real question here is, does Siaka make a leap? Uh, and I don't know if he does or not. I guess time will tell. This team is honestly the biggest question mark out of all of them for me. I could see them in this number seven spot. They could probably climb up to three or they could not be in the playoffs at all. It's, it's hard to say. Uh, taking up the sixth seed, I think would be the Indiana Pacers who didn't do much, got a new coach, drafted Cassius Stanley, but they still have that solid core of, uh, Sabonis, Oladipo, TJ Warren, Turner, and Brogdon. Number five spot, I think we'll go to the Philadelphia 76ers who lose Al Horford, which, um, isn't, in my opinion for this team, a loss because he didn't really make sense on this roster anyway. New coach and Doc Rivers coming over from the Clippers. Uh, they add shooters. Danny Green and Seth Curry to play with Ben Simmons and Embiid. Uh, Tyrese Maxey will be a fun rookie to watch. They still have Thibault. Uh, weird uh, acquisition in Dwight Howard. I don't know what that means for the team, but I have them at number five in the East. Number four, the Miami Heat. Um, made it to the finals last year. They bring back Goran Dragic, who is getting older, but he can still hoop. There's no question about that. They drafted uh, Precious from Memphis. Uh, also added Avery Bradley and Mo Harkless. Um, you know, I, I'd look for Jimmy Butler to still be Jimmy Butler. Bam Adebayo to make a small leap, as well as Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. Um, number three team in the East, I have the Boston Celtics, who, uh, you know, they added Jeff Teague and Tristan Thompson. Obviously, we're worried about Kemba's health. Gordon Hayward left, but Gordon really didn't fit into the roster the way he should have, similar to, I think, how Al, Al Horford was in Philly. Um, they still have great players, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, who are quickly becoming, you know, probably a top five duo in the league. The number two team, I have the Brooklyn Nets. And speaking of a top five duo, they have a healthy KD and Kyrie. Um, they added Landry Shamit. Uh, the Dinwiddie injury hurts them quite a bit. Uh, but I, I think they're going to be able to navigate that. You know, he only played three games, but his numbers were down quite a bit um, in those games. And obviously that's due to KD and Kyrie being there. But he he would have been that third scorer for them. Um, there's reports out right now that they're already looking to fill that spot. All right, now we're to the number one spot, which should be no shock to anybody if you've listened to who I've rattled off the last nine spots. And that would be the Milwaukee Bucks, who added Drew Holiday at that point guard spot. Great defender just a great player all around. It's constantly being called the most underrated player in the league, not from people like myself or actual people in the media, but from players themselves. So that says a lot about him, uh, in my opinion. They added Bobby Portis, DJ Augustine, uh, and Torrey Craig, who uh, recently got hurt, but he had some pretty valuable minutes in the playoffs in the bubble last year. So I think he's going to add 
uh, some help in the playoffs later this year. And obviously they have Giannis, the two-time MVP. All right, we're going to jump to the West. Again, I said I'm going to do this quickly because I know we're getting a little long-winded with the pod. And besides maybe my wife and myself, nobody else loves hearing my voice for this long. Just kidding. You've listened this long. You love it. All right, let me preface the West by saying this. I don't think James Harden is staying in Houston. Okay, so for me, they're not a playoff team. James Harden is one of the best scorers, if not the best scorer in the history of the game. Um, But if you look at the team without him, John Wall, Boogie, who I love Boogie, but he just can't stay healthy. And Christian Wood, who has been playing well, but if you pay attention to what Christian Wood did last year, there was a lot of praise for him, which maybe was deserved, but he started 15 games all season. So, uh, you know, we're not going to say Christian Wood is the next Tim Duncan. Okay, so I don't have Houston in the playoffs. I know I'm going to catch a lot of shit for that, but the truth is, without Harden, they're not a playoff team, and I don't think he stays. Okay, so let's get into it. Number 10, uh, I have the Golden State Warriors, which they lose Clay again, which was just like a punch to the stomach for Warriors fans, and honestly, the NBA, because Clay Thompson's a lot of fun to watch, and this Warriors team is a lot of fun to watch with him. Um, what else do they do in the offseason? They draft James Wiseman, who I think is going to be a great NBA player. Uh, they bring in Kelly Oubre, who has been ice cold in the first couple of games, but I don't think that uh, is going to last. So I have them at number 10. Number nine, I have the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, the biggest concern for Memphis now, as I'm recording this podcast, is how Ja Morant bounces back from whatever is going on with him. Uh, as well as Jaron Jackson Jr. coming back from his injury. So very contingent on those two players playing, but I have them at number nine. If those two players don't play, they could slip out of the playoffs quickly. Number eight, I have the Dallas Mavericks. Okay, what did they do in the offseason? Added Josh Richardson, who was just so-so in Philly. will get probably a better chance to play here in Dallas. Uh Wundu from the Orlando Magic, who is just more of a guy that you put out there to play some defense, isn't going to score, but isn't really going to mess up either. Uh, And they also finally get their enforcer, someone to protect Luka from getting his head bashed in, uh, and that was James Johnson. Luka alone should probably get this team into the eighth seed. The problem with the Mavericks roster is Porzingis. Um, He's always a question mark if he can stay healthy. He's so special, but he just keeps getting hurt. So we're going to have to see how that plays out. Again, Dallas Mavericks at number eight. Number seven, I have the New Orleans Pelicans. They add Steven Adams, give him an extension, add Eric Blood. So have a new coach in Stan Van Gundy who, you know, he, he's by no means the best coach in the league uh, when he was coaching. But, you know, compared to Alvin Gentry, Stan Van Gundy is red back. So Alvin Gentry did an awful job running this team, especially last year with Zion. I'm really excited to see what Zion looks like throughout this season, if he can stay healthy. He looks great through the first couple of games, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And that's coming from a North Carolina basketball fan who despises Duke, but you know when you see something special like someone special like Zion, you just want to watch. The number six spot, I have uh, the Phoenix Suns, who... Added one of the top five point guards probably in the last 30 years, maybe, uh, I don't know, I'll catch a lot of shit for this, but maybe ever, uh, and Chris Paul. Um, And you just have to remember how good they looked in the bubble. Still have Booker, still have Aiton. Cam Johnson's been playing really well 
two. Number five, I have the Portland Trailblazers. They bring in Robert Covington, bring back Ennis Cantor, uh, and and bring Derek Jones Jr. from uh, the Miami Heat. Really solid bench there in Portland. Dame is going to be an MVP candidate. Nurkic is like the ultimate junkyard dog. Um, just gets his ass beat and always comes back and plays and plays hard and plays well most of the time. Also have McCollum, which is a great second option behind Lillard. Uh, number four, I have uh, the Utah Jazz, who uh, brought back Derek Favors, who, in all honesty, could probably run for office after he is done uh, playing for the Jazz, run for office here in Utah, and and he could run as a Democrat, independent, and it wouldn't matter. He would he would win. Uh, the the Utah community loves them some Derek Favors, um, but it's a great addition to their bench because we all know last year that was Utah's downfall. Their bench was god awful, especially with Bogdanovich being out. They get Bogdanovich back, draft Ozabuki. Uh, they extend Clarkson, who is a great sixth man, good scorer off the bench. Um, not to mention they give Gobert a max contract, which um, I'm going to hold off my thoughts for a future podcast on that. But I'll just say this. Regular season Gobert is worth that money. Um, just a little different when you get into the playoffs. Uh, and they also give Donovan the Supermax, which was a no-brainer. He seems to like it in Utah. Utah loves him. So that's very hard for a, a small market team like the Jazz to get a, a superstar of that caliber and be able to keep him. So good on them for getting that Supermax and extension. Number three, I have the Clippers who... Lose Montrez Harrell, um, but they bring in Ibaka, which honestly is probably a better fit for them. He extends the floor much better than Montrez would. Uh, he can still defend, maybe not to the level of Montrez, but still a pretty good defend, uh, defender. Uh, they also add Luke Kennard and Nicholas Batum, which Batum, meh, you know, um, he's serviceable, not great, but they also aren't paying him <laughs> what Charlotte had been paying him in the past. So, we will see how he pans out. Again, the Clippers there at number three. Number two, I have the Nuggets, who lose Jeremy Grant, which, whatever, he can be replaced. Michael Porter Jr. will probably take those minutes. Uh, and he, Michael Porter Jr. will honestly be the question, is he comfortable being in that number three role and, and doing what he has to do for this team to win? Uh, I guess time will tell with that. If not, you know, they can move him. Um, you'll hear rumblings about James Harden in Denver, which I don't think makes sense. And in, in my opinion, would just handcuff Jokic. Uh, either way, they stick with the team they have. They have great pillars in Jokic, who I think is the best center in the league, uh, and Murray uh, being a, a pretty good point guard who made a, a... I mean, you all watched what he did in the bubble, him and Donovan going back and forth, and that was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, sorry for sniffing in your ear. That was uncalled for. It's my first podcast. I promise it won't happen again. Okay. Number one in the West. Duh. The Los Angeles Lakers. Lose Dwight Howard, lose JaVale McGee, lose Avery Bradley. Playoff Rajon Rondo. Doesn't matter. They bring in Casey, they, they, they re-sign KCP. Bring in Wes Matthews. Bring in Marc Gasol, who, if you, you're going to play Marc Gasol 12 to 15 minutes a night, and he's going to play well those 12 to 15 minutes. So you don't ask for anything more out of that. They signed last year's Sixth Man of the Year from the Clippers in Montrez Harrell. They trade for Dennis Schroeder, who, you know, is a quicker, better scorer version of Rajon Rondo, just less experience. Um, and then people are saying, people, by people I mean LeBron and then all of LeBron's cronies, that uh, this THT, uh, Talon, Horton Tucker guy is special. So 
I guess we see. Uh, also, <laughs> they signed LeBron to an extension and AD to an extension. So um, they're going to be great. They got better, which is scary. Uh, okay, let, let me get into my playoff predictions. Conference finals, I think for the West, we're going to see LA, LA finally, what we wanted to see last year, as well as uh, in the East, the Bucks versus the Nets. Finals, I have Lakers, Bucks, and your champions for the 2021 season. I have a repeating Los Angeles Lakers. Again, with those additions, I don't see how anyone can beat them in a series unless there's an injury and nobody wants to see an injury. Okay, to end the NBA predictions, let's go through some awards. So coach of the year, there's going to be a couple different candidates. Obviously, there's a few. Every year, um, Coach Bud from Milwaukee, Vogel from L.A., and Steve Nash from Brooklyn would be the three that I would look at. I think Steve Nash is going to get it, um, which may be unheard of in a first year, but that team's going to be great if you've watched them already. Um, Defensive player of the year, a couple of different options. Uh, you know, you have Ben Simmons, Rudy Gobert is always in the discussion. Anthony Davis is always in this in the discussion. Bam Adebayo. This year, I think Ben Simmons is going to get it. I think he's going to elevate his game and try to become an even better player uh, for Philly. Sixth man, I think, has to go to Jordan Clarkson. He is going to be consistent off the bench in his scoring, and that's exactly what Utah needs off of the bench. Obviously, you can look at guys like Lou Will, probably Montrez again, but I'm going to go with Jordan Clarkson. Rookie of the year is going to be a tough one. Um, I think there's going to be three options here. Obi Toppin, James Wiseman, and Edwards from Minnesota. Um, I think we're going to see this play out through the year, but I believe it'll fall on Wiseman, who's going to get some quality minutes there in Golden State. And honestly, he's going to be leaned on a little bit for some scoring, obviously the defense. Um, So I think that's going to go to James Wiseman. All right, MVP. Let's take a look. Let's think about this for a minute. Obviously, Giannis has won the last two. Giannis isn't going to win three in a row um, for the simple fact that even if he is great, a lot of voters get what we call voter fatigue. And in the history of the NBA, there's only been one player who has won three in a row, and that was Larry Bird from uh, 1983 to 1986. And I love Giannis, but he is not Larry Bird, okay? Um, Look at some of the usual suspects. LeBron, AD. I think them being on a team together, and I could be wrong on this, but I think them being on a team together may cancel each other out. You have two top six players in the league on the same team. How can one be the most valuable player? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see either one of them getting it. Okay, so let's break down the options that I see uh, as relevant. So uh, you have Luka there in Dallas. I think the problem that you're going to see there, they're not going to win a ton of games, especially with KP. Uh, KP, like I know him, Porzingis um, not playing, being injured like he generally is. So I, again, I had them in the, the eight seed. I don't think Luca gets the MVP this year. There will be Luca MVPs coming in the future. You have Damian Lillard in Portland, who is a solid option. Kevin Durant coming back from his injury there in Brooklyn. Um, Jason Tatum out of Boston, as well as Donovan Mitchell, who may be a bit of a dark horse here in Utah. So those are my options for MVP. Who I think will win the MVP is none other, none other than Damian Lillard out of Portland. We saw what he did in the bubble, um, and I think he's going to continue that play through the season and elevate that team to at least the fifth spot in the West. So I think... Uh, again, this year's MVP, Damian Lillard. Okay, 
So that is episode one of the Will Wonder Pod. I appreciate you guys for listening to this. Go ahead and subscribe, comment, you know, rate all of that good stuff wherever you get your podcast. Um, Obviously, these will not all be just me talking throughout. I hope to have some guests sprinkled in here and there to talk about different music and sports topics. Anyways, again, thank you guys for listening, and we will see y'all next time. Hold on. Kurt. Kurt. (sighs) All right. Once again, producer Kurt has let me down and let me almost forget a very important segment of the first podcast. So I did a a, uh, contest on the Instagram page at the Will Wonder Pod. Uh, essentially for a $25 Visa gift card. So all you had to do was like the post, tag three friends in a comment, and you would be entered to win uh, the $25 Visa gift card. I think what I'm going to do is go ahead and do that drawing now, and then I can connect with whomever wins this afterward. I'll shoot you a DM, and we will go from there. Okay, let's go ahead and take a look. All right, the winner of the $25 Visa gift card is at underscore Derek310. So congratulations, Derek. Thank you for participating to everyone who did, for helping me get the word out. It's pretty incredible. Um, quite a few followers on the Instagram page, 70 followers. I haven't even put out a podcast yet until now. So um, Derek, I will be DMing you to see the best way to get you this Visa gift card, and we will go from there. Once again, guys, appreciate it. Love you all. Uh, subscribe, comment, rate, all that good stuff. See y'all next week.